the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, a biblically-based financial talk show. And here is our financial expert in studio, as he is every week, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Excited to hear what we have in store for us today. Lots. There's always a lot to talk about, Chris, in our industry. There's no (laughs) doubt in my mind about that. It just keeps rolling, rolling, and rolling on. Every other day, something changes, too, in in the last several weeks, though, with trade and the Fed and tweets and all kinds of things going on, right? So (laughs) where do we start is your question, What did we ever do when we didn't have Twitter to let us know what's happening in the world, you know? Yeah, so so what do we do? Where do we go from here? So let's, let's break it down, you know. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to welcome our, our, our new listeners nationwide on Sirius XM Channel 131, as well as our longtime listeners in the D.C., Baltimore area on WAVA FM uh, 105.1 FM. Good morning, everybody. Live call-in, biblically-based financial planning talk show. Give us a ring with any of your questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'd like to start off each week with sort of a breakdown of what happened in the market. Try to gather up all the news, corral it around, and unpack it a little bit in the next few minutes. So, you know, with all this turmoil in the markets up and down and being stretched and pushed and pulled year to date through Friday, through Friday is up a little over 15%. The Dow uh, is, is 12%. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq is is up sixteen uh, percent for the year, mm-hmm. so you know with all this stuff going on and 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 trade and and talks and things like that, the market's doing this in spite of it. That sort of shows you how good the economy is. However, you know a couple of weeks ago the market had a nice little pullback, right? And. Uh, the market rally over the last several days has been main, mainly based off of a few comments from uh, the Federal Reserve, which basically said, you know, they are going to backstop and make sure they're going to do what they need to do, basically. And they gave this impression in order to continue to keep the uh, economic expansion, you know, the uh, um, in, you know, the gears greased in the economy, if you will. So a lot of people now are looking to, to receive a... a uh, uh, a rate cut 
you know the you know the Fed's going to meet later this month, and anticipation is uh, uh, you know consensus is moving towards people are thinking that they're going to be announcing a rate cut. I don't personally think they're going to cut here in June, maybe later in the year. But you know, part of me also says, look at some of the data still coming in very strong and robust. Maybe they're just going to stay neutral for a while and just let us understand that if something happens, they're going to they're going to act. Talk about living in a fishbowl if you're working for the Fed, right? I mean, you go buy a Corvette or something, everybody says, oh, what's that mean? You know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I mean, very powerful words uh, from our from our central bank. And quite frankly, the, you know, ECB and the Bank of China have already talked about, you know, being able to, to stimulate and, and reduce rates if necessary, if we continue to see a global slowdown. And, and we're going to start seeing a, a little bit of that even more so you know if you look at our jobs report on friday it was a big miss you know we're mm-hmm. expecting 185,000 jobs and we posted 75,000 with some re- reductions over the last couple of months as well so that's a big miss the question is now are we starting to see employers slow down are we starting to see firms say you know what we're just not going to make this next marketing move we're just not going to make this next capital investment we want to wait and see what happens with trade with supply chains and things of that nature Mm -hmm. so you know maybe it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy so hopefully you know president xi and president trump are going to be supposedly having some sort of discussion later this month at the g20 meeting we'll have to wait and see how that plays out let's uh, shoot on over to uh, maryland and welcome walter on the line good morning walter how are you this morning I'm good. How about yourself? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Well, I'm looking for a – I'm getting kind of started later in life to, as far as a statement for retirement. I've got a small business, so I'm trying to pay down all my bills, at least get it down to where I just have a mortgage to pay and uh, and save for retirement. So uh, I don't know, you know what your suggestions are in that respect. Sure, Walter. What we need to do is sort of work into this for, for, uh, backwards, okay, and, and just just ask a couple of basic questions. Right now, um, what do you, we need to figure out what your monthly expenses are, you know, mortgage, okay. utilities, food, all that kind of stuff, and then take a look down the road that one day when you get Social Security, how much that's going to come in, and then figure out how much we need to save on top of that in order to deliver an income stream from investments to make up any differences that you might have between your estimated expenses and what your guaranteed income from Social Security may be, and possibly a pension there as well. So that's sort of the basic formula in, in, in all of that. Next step on that would be, you know, what does your cash flow afford you right now today to, to save? And then another question I would I would say, since you are a small business owner, is is your business sellable at some point down the road when you want to you know step away and and retire? Uh, is there is there are there younger employees that would be interested in buying it? Do you want to sell it to a competitor in your area? You know all different conversations about that. How do we value the business? Um, or is this a, a business that you can just continue on a part-time basis to make some cash flow from time to time in your retirement years? So so those are some questions that we have to look at, as well as, you know, your current home, your current, where you and your family are currently living. Are you going to stay in this house after you retire? 
what are the plans with having a mortgage in retirement or not? Do you want to have the home paid for? So there's a lot of questions and answers that we can go back and forth across the table on as far as um, figuring out a game plan to get you where you want to be in retirement. You know, one of the one of the misnomers that that people think a lot of is you know you have to have this mountain of money. You know, some people say, oh, you need five hundred thousand, you need a million, you need three million, you need seven million dollars to retire. No, what you need is to understand what you want your standard of living to be like and build the plan toward that. Does that make sense? Because, you know, you, yeah, you, you could have your house paid for, have some Social Security coming in, a reasonable amount of savings in the bank and investments, and, and live perfectly fine and happy. And, and you know, so, so it's, it's all relative to what your standard of living objectives are. And that's one of the things. I'm going to direct you to my website. LarryRosenthal.com. There's a video on there, Walter, at LarryRosenthal.com, right on the first page that sort of explains and illustrates, if you will, the way a financial plan should be constructed, and and it'll give you some thought as as well as uh, you know uh, a visual effect on that. I'm also going to send you out our financial planning toolkit. We've sent out thousands of these all across America uh, to to people to sort of. You know, it takes the conversation you and I are having right now to the next level, lets you start filling out some information, and then we'll give you a follow-up call and, and help you build out a, a plan for you and your family. Does that make sense? It does. I appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. Well, let, let me go ahead and place you on hold, and then we'll get that right out to you. I'm sorry, do you have another question? No, no, that was it. No. Okay, well, you have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. I'll put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring. Again, it's Open Mic Saturday. I love that. Open Mic Saturday. Any questions at all, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and there's all kinds of information out there, educational information for you to download if you have questions on estate planning, mutual funds, 401 k plans, the government, TSP, whatever it may be. We want to be your educational resource when it comes to investments and financial planning. So one of the things that was that was weighing heavy on the markets this week as well um, was the uh, pending tariffs with Mexico. Well, late Friday afternoon, President Trump and, and uh, the delegate, the, um, the, the, the team from Mexico um, uh, reached an agreement. And uh, there are going to be no tariffs imposed on Mexico, and they've reached an agreement. You can read about it. I'm sure it's all over the press right now. But from our from our observation deck, we just needed to know if there's going to be tariffs or not, how that's going to affect commerce, supply chains, and overall markets. So that's very good news uh, as, as far as that goes. And, and um, uh, so, you know, all this is sitting on, you know, the market <clears throat> with its push-up because of, of the Fed saying, you know, they're ready to support. Uh, the markets look pretty strong and, and um, pretty favorable, uh, even on top of all of this, <clears throat> excuse me, turmoil and geopolitical risk. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see what happens next week. But all of this comes to light with, with your investment portfolios, and we'll be talking a little bit about that after the break. So let's go ahead and open up the phone lines again. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment. 
listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof make sure your insurance is aligned properly make sure you have the right types of homeowners auto umbrella disability long-term care life insurance just to name a few financial planning starts with a firm foundation and that foundation is your insurance then take a look at your cash flow are you able to save money save it in the proper places retirement planning traditional iras traditional 401k plans roth iras make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you listening each and every week here on Sirius XM, coast to coast, nationwide, with our financial retirement expert here, Larry Rosenthal. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Jr. on the line from Texas. Good morning, Jr. How are you today? Oops, you're not there yet. You got to press the red button there. There you go. Oop. Good morning, Jr. Yes, sir. Hi. How are you? How can I help you? I'm 65 years old and been a teacher for 40 years. Well, thank you. That's awesome. And my house is worth. Eighty thousand, and I owe two thousand on the mortgage, and uh, I've got twelve grandkids, and six of them are in college. And I was thinking, a reverse mortgage, yes or no? Well, Jr. the the purpose of a reverse mortgage there there's three ways to turn equity into your uh, into income during retirement years, which is what you're talking about. A reverse mortgage is, is a viable option. And the, the a reverse mortgage will give you either a lump sum of money or it will give you a stream of payments um, each month. What now, do you recommend? Which one? Well, it, it depends on what your need is as far as that goes. But let me just let me just back up for a second. There's also two other scenarios as well. One scenario would be to, to – one of the advantages that a reverse mortgage brings to the table, Jr. is your ability to remain in the house. You don't have to move. And if that's one of the objectives, then a reverse mortgage could, could work out well for you. The second one is what's called a sale leaseback, where you would sell your home today to maybe an adult child, and they give you a guaranteed lease to live there for life. This way you can cash out all the equity in your home. Now, you've got to use some of that money each month to make the rent payment back to the adult child. The difference there is that a reverse mortgage is not going to give you access to all the equity, whereas a a sale leaseback will. Okay? Um, In both scenarios, you are able to live inside that same home. 
The third way to do I this. I have a, okay, I have a 35-year-old son. He's in the military. He's a good boy. He's out. And I, I, I sell it to him. And I get to live in it. Yes, that's correct, on a sale leaseback. If your goal is to stay in the same house, then either a reverse till mortgage. Until I, I die, until I die, I would like to stay there. Yes, then a reverse mortgage or a sale leaseback would work. Both of those would work for you. The where do advan- I get that? With you, with you or where, where do I get that? No, so a, so a sale uh, a sale leaseback. I, I would I would want to get on the phone and explain it to you and your son. But it's basically you're just going to sell the property to your son, and he's going to give you a guaranteed lease to live there for life. So you're going to take that that equity out of the house, okay? And you're going to have to use part of it each month to make the mortgage payment back to your son. Unless, of course, he wants to do it for you, but but you would lease the house back in a rental type of an agreement. A reverse mortgage doesn't have anything to do with your son at all, but it gives you less money than if you did a sale lease back. So so what I want you to do is, is contact the reverse mortgage company and tell them that you want to look at the numbers. How much would they give you on a monthly basis or a lump sum basis, and then sit down with your son and compare doing a sale lease back with him. I'd rather do the lease back. I don't want to do the reverse. But not that easy. But Grammarly. Okay. Well, then, then you need to talk to your son. And if you want, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have an advisor give you a ring who can explain it to both of you in detail in your personal situation. Thank you. So, You're welcome. I so appreciate bef- the phone call. Let mm-hmm. me go ahead and put you on hold well, here. Well, before You're- we get rid of Jr., you got to remember. I mean, he's from South Texas, right? Do you re- do you remember Jr.? You- I thought Jr. Ewing. Yes. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe that was him. Remember the song from there? It is Dallas, right? So, are you, are you anywhere near Dallas, Jr.? <laughs> That's okay. I guess he's probably on with with Bob now. Yep, he, he's on hold right now. Yeah. So, yep, absolutely. So, hey, love it. Open mic Saturday. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions at eight five five Rose one two three eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You know, speaking of of sale leasebacks and and reverse mortgages. That that just rolls into a whole bunch of estate planning questions. Who gets what? Who owns it now? How do they receive it? What's the difference between putting money with, with charities and, and directly to heirs? You know, if you look at the tax code, you can do all kinds of wonderful giving to charities. Uh, you, can, you can give money to charities in order for you to make more money for your heirs through Roth conversions and, and, and charitable donations. And it's really some neat stuff that, that, that can go on with all this. But, you know, in looking at a scenario here, what happens when you when you pass real estate on? You know, that, that is a, a it's, it's one of the most difficult things to pass real estate on uh, because, you know, let's suppose you have your home and you have three kids. One wants to move into it, one wants to rent it out, and one wants to sell it. Well, how do, how do you figure that out? What do you do? That's a very uh, uh, long question and answer period that, that we have lots of times with clients. Uh, just the other day, a, a cl- uh, you know, somebody bought a, 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 a new property and put it in his and his wife's name as well as both of their, their children's names because of the dynamics that they want happening in their family. 
Uh, is it right or wrong? And the answer is yes. Are there tax implications? Yes, to doing all of that. But it just depends on how you go down the road. See, what a lot of people don't understand, Chris, is the titling of an asset will dictate a lot of times on the other end when it's time to get out of that asset or pass that asset on as to the tax treatment that you're going to have uh, facing you down the road. So so it's important when, when people are looking at, at steps, basic steps in estate planning, to start asking the questions, who owns it now and how do you want to transfer it to someone else? And when do you want to transfer it to someone else? And when you start asking questions like that, that's when you're going to be able to make things very tax efficient, avoid probate, and avoid hassles for your heirs, your beneficiaries. And a lot of people just don't understand that. They think, oh, well, I'll just put it in my will. Well, a, a will, whether the will's deemed valid or invalid, everything that's in a will has to go through probate. Mm-hmm. In order to avoid the time delays and the, and the excessive cost of probate in some cases, it has to have a, 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 a legal transfer either through the, the, the titling of an asset or a beneficiary form or something like that. So, so a lot of people just say, well, I'll put it in my will. That's not going to cover it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times things get, get challenged in wills too in, in open court. So in order to, to really assess – you know, where things are going to go, who's going to get them, how and when. Just start, you know, just start thinking about your your, your assets you have, your house, your cars, your, your investment accounts, your bank accounts, and ask yourself, who do you want them to, to go to, when do you want them to get there, and how do you want them to get there? And then the question becomes, next, look at how they're titled. Are they owned jointly already? Well, what about the tax impact with all of that? Who's the beneficiary in all of that? So so those are just some basic uh, blocking and, and tackling steps when it comes to building an estate plan that can transfer to your heirs in an efficient w- manner. Will you actually completely avoid probate if you don't use a will and just use instructions in a trust? Or is there are there times when a will is important? So, yes, you can completely avoid probate if, mm-hmm. if your assets are all named uh, e- either by title or in a trust or a transfer on death or beneficiary form or, or payable on death uh, uh, accounts, yes, absolutely you can. And, and But what a lot of people will have is they'll have a pour-over will. Oh, I forgot my uh, baseball card collection. Oh, I forgot mm. to put in this or, or whatever or, or however it goes. So, so A pour-over will. Can you kind of dig down on that a minute? Yeah, think about this. You, you, you're listing all your things out in your will and your trust, and you forget something. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to pour back over into it. So it's it, it'll it'll just it's it's sort of the oops I forgot something here you know mulligan of it if you will yeah so so you know but can uh, you put your baseball cards in your trust so that you wouldn't have to deal with the probate side of that so I'm, I guess I'm missing the the piece where it's you don't even have to have a will altogether can you completely not have a will so you completely avoid so probate? there are I know that there are some estate attorneys who who would agree that that you know they just bypass the will and go straight to trust and, and that's what they do I've spoken to some and then other ones go oh no not at all you need to have a will in conjunction with mm. a, a, a trust and and I've spoken with them too so a lot of it boils down to the um, uh, planning that the family wants to do. Personally, I'm a fan of both, a will and a trust. Uh, Belt and suspenders, right? Yep. I think you'll be able to to accomplish a greater uh, and easier path 
for heirs when it when it comes to that, Chris. You know, mm-hmm. and estate planning is so intimidating to a lot of people because you know here we are on on the radio talking about wills and trust, and and the word trust just 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 you know it it, it really uh, intimidates a lot of people because people don't understand it. And so let me just break it down here. Uh, a trust is nothing more than think of it as a suitcase. You know, I'm going to take 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 something and put it into the suitcase and I'm going to zip it up. And on the suitcase, there's a bag tag that says, you know, this belongs to so and so. Right. If lost, call this number. Right. Okay, Or if found, (laughs) call this number. So that's how a trust works. It's it's just a, a, a bucket where you just change the title of an asset. You know, like 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 take your motorcycle, Chris, you know, Chris's motorcycle. It's titled Chris's motorcycle. And now if you create a trust, now if you create a trust, uh, now now you you just rename the motorcycle Chris's motorcycle named trust. So now the trust actually owns your motorcycle. So if you pass, now that trust is is the owner of the motorcycle, and now there's words, there's language inside that trust document that says who gets that motorcycle. And that's how simple it is. And it's a revocable trust. It's a revocable living trust, meaning that while you're alive, you can change beneficiaries. You can put assets in it. You can take assets out of it. Mm. You can name me as the beneficiary of your motorcycle, and then one day I laugh at it and go, oh, you know, if I ever get that thing, I'm painting it purple. And you're going, well, I don't like purple. So you just go over and change your trust, and boom. There's two important things about what you're saying. One of them is my birthday is this month, so and I don't have a motorcycle, so you're telling me something here, I'm guessing. Yes, and then Bob if I, is going to buy you a motorcycle. And then if I do leave it to you in my will or with my trust, I don't know that you would be able to keep it that long because I'm sure a certain significant other might object to you riding a motorcycle. So, Well, that's just going to be, yes, this is true. <laughs> Very true. So, but fun anyway, yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. But, you know, there's, there's a... Uh, 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 when, when you boil down the three phases of financial planning, accumulation, distribution, and legacy planning, and, and we're just sort of talking a little bit about legacy planning, you know, at the, at the end when, with estate planning and stuff. I have an estate planning kit. It's just called Basics in Estate Planning. If you want to get a copy of it, just go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Fire us off an email. Be more than happy to send it out to you. Or give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Be more than happy to send it out to you as well. But, you know, a lot of a lot of issues pop up at the beneficiary and we're talking about planning and and you know people forget to change their beneficiaries on their retirement accounts their old life insurance policies all these different things and all that comes to light at the at the beneficiary table unfortunately so so do yourself a favor you know it's the middle of the year use that as an excuse figure out where all your beneficiaries are Take a look at it. Do a beneficiary audit. We we have our clients go through a beneficiary audit at least once a year, uh, in in order to make sure things are where they need to be. Sometimes the institutions, sometimes the the custodians lose the beneficiaries, or they make a change, or, or just different things happen. You'd be surprised at what happens with it all. So. I changed my life insurance uh, beneficiaries the other day, and I noticed that there's quite a bit of inter- information on there. You can have a primary and a secondary, and all kinds of different things. And if you have it wrong. It could end up in the wrong hands in the end if you're not careful. Yes, that's true. You know, the Supreme Court says the beneficiary form is the highest court in the land. Ooh. I mean, I mean, it's the highest uh, form in the land. So mm-hmm. it it, it uh, beats a trust and 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 a will. Beneficiary form will govern 
no doubt about that. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here and keep those phone lines open. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, if you have questions on the economy, the markets, your personal financial plan, savings, mutual funds, how to grade them, all different things, give us a ring. Open mic Saturday, 855-ROSE-123. Back in a moment with more. The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise? Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Andrew on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? So uh, my wife and I, we've got three kids. We're both fed. And we're getting ready to structure, set up our estate. Um, you know, the kids are in different situations, and we're p- picking who's going to go to which family members and things like that. And what is, there's just so many different things to consider. What are your sort of insights on the pitfalls that most people make if they're not well-educated enough on this? Andrew, that is a loaded question and a wonderful question, and you're exactly correct. There are so many different avenues and choices to make here. Are your children's are your children minors? Uh, yes, all three are minors. One's a teenager. Um, she's going to go to her grandparents, and the two younger ones are going to go to um, my sister and her husband. They're going to stay together, but we want to protect them from all of this. You know, a windfall at a really vulnerable age. But we need to figure out how we're going to split the money up because right now my mom gets everything of mine. My wife, we're not sure <laughs> where her money goes if we both go at the same time. So, Yeah, so just just a whole lot of questions. Um, <laughs> 
that you know, f- in order for me to make some suggestions, I mean, I got to do a whole lot of questions as as far as you know. One scenario is, do you have confidence in the guardian to handle the money decisions that you're going to leave? Um, that's one set of issues. You know, it, right. a lot of times that can be two different people. You can say, well, the guardian is going to be, you know, Aunt Millie here, but the money decisions are going to come from from Jane and Tom, and they're going to control the have. money because Aunt Millie, well, you know, she's going to give them anything and everything at all the time. Do you see what I mean? Right. Yes. But, but well, right now my mom is the, the, the bank account for the younger kids, and my sister is the one taking care of them. Yeah, so uh, we did want to kind of divvy that up a little bit, so it's not right. Uh, and then, and then you mentioned tempting. And then you mentioned also that you don't want children at a young age to have a large windfall, and I, I tend to agree with that. So, so there are things that you can put into a trust document, uh, sort of under the the premise of incentive based types of things. You know, at high school graduation. There's a there's a certain amount of dollars um, to cover for college uh, if the child you decides. You can get that specific with it. Yes, you can be very specific with it. If if the, okay. but but if you become too specific with it, then you could preclude them from making life decisions. For example, let's suppose you say, let's suppose one child says, you know, I I don't want to go to college because I just found the 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 next great you know computer software pro company and and i'm going right. to do this so so you know uh, what, what happens if if a child says i don't want to go to college but i want to go serve in the military and have a wonderful career there let's suppose right. one child says hey i want to go to college and i want to be a a a high-powered you know uh e- elite surgeon and another child says, "Well, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to—I want to pastor a small country church." And, right. and so now you're going to look at one child whose whose economic earnings capability is far greater than the other. You know, so so some people will look at—and these are just ideas, just coming off the top of my head here, Andrew, from working with clients for decades on this subject. You know, of an incentive-laden trust type of a scenario where you can say, "Hey, look, if you're if you're gainfully employed, fully employed, the trust is going to match you. You know, twenty percent of your income. You know that that type okay. of a, that type of a scenario. Um, you know, and then there's there's also uh, concepts in there of estate equalization as well. So so there's a lot of in-depth conversation that that needs to be brought to the table and. What's interesting about this dynamic, because we have an estate attorney in our office too, and and there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of times a financial advisor will bring these types of questions to the table, whereas an estate attorney might not. Um, I have I have found over the years. So so really sit down and think about this, you know, because what you're talking about is is controlling money from from the grave for your heirs. Right. How long do you want to do that? And then, then the question becomes, well, when do you just want to let them have it? Right. Right? And then what about bloodline right. control? You know, bloodline uh, 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 security of, 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 of assets. You know, let's suppose one of your children uh, get, gets married, uh, goes, to, get, goes to college, gets married right away out of college. Everything's fine. And, and then something happens. Maybe that child uh, passes or there's a divorce. 
and 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 there's a there's a grandchild in this scenario now and then the the surviving spouse marries somebody else who's not in your family and that person takes the money and disinherits your grandchild you know all different right. types of scenarios can really play out here when when it comes down to looking down the road and sort of around the corner with this so yes lots and lots of questions lots and lots of blind spots but at the same time you have to build in flexibility and 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 um uh, decision-making opportunities down the road as as well because you don't know what life's going to be like for, for, for you know, the, the little guys right now 15, 20 years from now either. Right. And then once they become adults, you know, at age 18, you're going to have to redo the whole thing as well. So, okay. So, yeah, so, so lots of hmm. stuff to consider there, you know. Uh, I, I like yeah. the forethought on it all. And, and, do, you, do you recommend bringing the financial advisor and the estate planner into the same room for this conversation i do it all the time in our office. but separate okay yeah okay. i do i do it a lot in our office yeah yeah um you know because it, it's it, a lot of times people need interpretation of of all that stuff so yeah it's it's you know i mean i've i've seen all different things over the years with with it and and you know people have different ideas on it and and there's no right or wrong way you're limited by your imagination however if your imagination runs amok you could put too many controls on certain things you know um you know uh that that uh, precludes people from 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 getting assets and things and the trick here is at such a young age with the kids is you want to give them enough to get started in life, but not enough so that they don't start. And that's sort of the, right. the, the balance that you have to sort of weigh in all of this. And, and uh, you know, I commend you for, for, for going down the road with this. These are hard questions. And, and you know, just, just, you know, you and your wife just sit down and work it out, you know. Okay. Um, uh, you know, my, my wife and I have changed ours a few times over the years, so... Uh, uh, but that, that's the answer to your question there. <laughs> so I really appreciate the advice. You've definitely given me some food for thought. So, um, yep. If you need uh, any more questions on it, then, uh, go shoot me an email. Uh, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com and shoot me an email and, uh, you know, I'll be happy to, to give you some, uh, some food for thought on all that. Okay. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions at all on anything at all. One thing I wanted to talk about, I've wanted to talk about this for the last few weeks, Chris, and we just never really got to a lot of time of it. Um, but uh, you know what? I see a bunch of uh, calls coming in here. So oh, this was my raise you were going to talk about, too, right? And then now, we, now you're going to put that off again. I, I uh, you know what? I can give you a raise today, Chris. <laughs> you see that little lever at the bottom of your chair? Start pumping it, and you'll go right yeah, on up. Yeah, yeah, There I you go. You. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it's always good. Yeah, always yeah. a good time. Let's welcome Jeremy on the line from New Mexico. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Yes, um, I have a question. I'm a pastor in a rural church, and um, I, my question is, um, how, um, like when they they ask me every year when I get a salary, how can it benefit me the most? Um, so my question is, is it better for me to put 
more into retirement or, um, um, well, I don't get, I mean, I don't know how to say this other than I'm like bivocational or part-time or I work full-time and I'm struggling to ask for more money up front or sudden retirement, I guess is my question for you. And it benefits me more for retirement for taxes, but, um, does that make sense while I'm asking? Like, yes, Jeremy, you, you need to figure out how to balance your, your current income and expenses and lifestyle yeah. while making sure um, you've got an eye down the road towards retirement, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you want to crunch the numbers on that, then, then I would suggest that, that for you to build a, a very quick retirement plan analysis that addresses two things. One – Put the information into it, doing what you're currently doing right now, because a financial plan today is going to draw a line in the sand, and it's going to address the question of, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road? That's going to then, – then if you look at it and we see that there's shortfalls there, then we can say, well, what happens if we saved another X amount of dollars per year? Maybe that changes the whole dynamic in the retirement world for you down the road. There, you might want to go back and say, hey, you know what? I need a little bit more going towards retirement. So we, we, can, we can help assist you with that. We can send out the, the financial planning toolkit to you, and I'll have someone reach out to you next week and get you, get you started on that down the road. Um, but it seems like to me <clears throat> that if, if your, your church board is, is willing to work with you on this either one way or the other, you know, then then simply start. You know, just say, you know, look, I, you know, how how is your income and expenses now? Are you able to save more money each month in the bank and in retirement? Are you making your ends meet? Are you are you creating debt each month? Then that moves the needle towards. You know what? I need a little bit more money right now. So let's draw a line in the sand and really build this thing with a firm foundation, and and then go forward there. That'll that'll let you see what you're shooting for down the road. Does that make sense? The only yes, the only debt we have is. Eight hundred dollars in school loans, which was like forty thousand three years ago, we paid most of that off. So awesome, that's wonderful. I, I'm known as the I'm known as the Taiwan. Okay, <laughs> but but I guess that's just my. Um, it's just hard for me to know. Like, I guess it's hard for me to talk about money with my church and tell them that, um, you know, that we, but that's when most of them are on fixed incomes and tell them that, you know, we are high-watt, but we, we don't spend a lot, but we do struggle financially. That's what's hard for me. I guess what I get from this is I need to sit down and just say it would be helpful if we could have $100 more a month next year in our account and maybe a little bit more in retirement, too, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, you, you have to weigh the balance there on what the church can afford and 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 um, uh, what what you're doing. I think if you do your part on it, you know, uh, I mean, God's always going to provide. That's for sure. And and um, I, I think just you know, sit down in prayer, you and your wife, and just see how the Lord leads that discussion for you with your church. Okay, I I just hate. I just hate talking about money with my church because they're generous, but I also don't want them to be shocked one day when, if I have to take another part-time job to make ends meet, and then feel like I was 
what the problem with them is that make sense. And maybe that, and maybe that's how you explain it to them is you know at at some point you've got to have a little bit of lifestyle as well. You can't be working two and three jobs all the time. Um, you know, and talk to them and see how things can work out. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. Absolutely, Jeremy. Uh, shoot me an email. And let me know how it works out, and and if you want, we'll uh, we'll help you with some some planning on it as well. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. We're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. If you'd like to dial in, the phone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthaler, financial and retirement expert here in studio. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Sandra on the line. Good morning, Sandra. How are you today? I can't complain. How about you? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Well, just one comment. Um, You seem to have a really good balance of servanthood and stewardship, and that's just been a real blessing, and I really enjoy your program. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Praise the Lord, right? (laughs) Indeed. Praise the Lord. Thanks so much. That's all. Oh, well, thank you, Sandra. Well, have a great day. Appreciate the phone call. Oh, you too. Bye-bye. Um, bye-bye. 
You know, Chris, we want to. I've, I've been wanting to talk about um, donor advice funds for a couple of weeks now. We just haven't been able to, to squeeze it into into the subject matter in the show. And everybody's familiar with the term mutual funds, or most people are. You know, mutual funds this, mutual funds that. You have mutual funds that are designed for growth. You have mutual funds that are designed for income. Mutual funds that that have a slant towards financials, or a slant towards technology, or a slant towards consumer staples, or utilities, or whatever it may be. I want to talk today about donor advised funds, and possibly even. Uh, pooled income funds. So a donor-advised mutual fund is a mutual fund that enables you to put money into it, and then it grows at whatever the objective it is. Some, some mutual funds in the donor-advised world are are growth funds. Some are growth and in income. Some are income. So so you have the, the spread of risk from conservative to moderate to, to growth orientation. But a donor-advised fund, each time you make a contribution to it, you get a tax deduction. You get a tax deduction. And here's the scenario. Sometimes a lot of people at the end of the year, they say, oh, you know what, I've got to make a tax deduction, and and I want to put it into, where where can I do it? And and you find a, a local charity, and you make a deduction. You know, and and it helps you on your taxes, and you feel good about it and everything. And and then maybe three or four months down the road, you hear something about that charity, and you go, oh, I didn't know they did that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, you know, what did I donate to, and, and what was the cause? And, and well, maybe I'm going to make a donation to this organization, and you, you, you look at the numbers, and you go, wow, there's a lot of overhead there. And how much money actually goes to the front lines of what the cause is, what the mission is? So in Usher a donor-advised mutual fund. When you put money into a donor-advised mutual fund, let's suppose, you know, let's suppose, so it's June. Let's suppose you're going to put X amount of dollars each month into a donor-advised fund for the rest of the year. You don't have to name your charity. At some point down the road, you just simply call up the mutual fund and say, you know, I've been putting X amount of dollars into this fund. And now I want to name it to XYZ Charity, and they'll pay it out at that time. The advantage of a donor-advised fund is this, and listen carefully to this, because it really puts people in a great position to help out the charities, even though they don't know who that charity may be today. If you put money into the donor-advised fund, you get a tax deduction this year, and you don't need to name your charity to receive the money this year. You can sit around and think about it. That's Amazing. the beautiful thing about it. Okay? Yeah. So so let's suppose you're going to put, let's just do math easy, $100 a month into a donor-advised mutual fund. At the end of 12 months, you have a, a $1,200 tax deduction. And now maybe that money's grown to, I don't know, $1,400. Let's say if the market goes up, fair enough. And then you come along and you say, you know what, I want 500 of this money to go to this charity. I want 200 of the money to go to that charity. And the donor-advised mutual fund does all the tax filing for you and sends it all out. Okay, wow, that's actually pretty cool. It's very, very cool, and it's very, very easy. Now, here's what's really cool about this, okay, is when, when charities hear that you're using donor-advised funds to make your – decisions down the road they have to sort of sharpen up their corners a little bit because they may not receive some of this money right Mm -hmm. 
So, so, so the the beautiful thing about it again is you get market participation while you're making the decision. You get your tax deduction today, and you don't have to name or disperse to a charity until down the road. And these these are becoming very, very popular now. And they have been off and on over the years. And what I'm really liking about this sector of the tax code is that more donor-advised funds are coming out now from mutual fund companies, which are making them more competitively priced, which is wonderful news for you and I as investors because we want more of the money to go towards a charity down the road. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> consider a donor-advised mutual fund. Because it enables you just to save a little bit of money each month. At some point down the road, you can bless a charity with it all. Does it have to be on a list? Do they have to be on an advised charity list? Or can it be your local congregation if you wanted to It can that? be your local congregation. You have to provide to the mutual fund the tax ID uh, number, and they have to verify that it is a qualified nonprofit organization. You know, you just can't pull the money out and go buy your uh, another another motorcycle for yourself, Chris. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how I could make that charitable. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not going to do. I that, think it's okay? charitable of me staying off the road with the motorcycle. I think that's being nice to everyone else. But yeah, right, I hear you. right, exactly, exactly. But you know, people need to to understand some of these tools and and some of the better ways to to go about doing it because you can actually start talking to charities and you can start saying, you know, hey, I'm, I'm investigating, and, and this is going to lead me into the next part, thing that I want to talk about here is, you know, you're, you're investigating, you know, where you want to make some, some uh, donations and deductions and things. And this is a wonderful way to teach kids how to go about researching charitable donations. Because, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, we, we, we want to teach the kids to give to different organizations, whether it's your church you know, or an outreach program or local, you know, whatever it may be, a, a crisis pregnancy center, whatever it may be, okay, uh, a, a out there. And and a donor-advised fund will enable kids to put money into it, you know, young adults, teens, whatever it may be, to put money into it while they can go back and research who they want to give the money to at some point down the road. Uh, so, so it teaches the kids philanthropy. Uh, charitable giving and things like that. So very interesting. I've wanted to bring up and talk about donor-advised funds for for the last few weeks. Haven't been able to, to, to squeeze it into the show, which is a good thing today. It's just um, going to make it nice for those charities. They'll actually end up making more money than they would if it was just a standard donation going through that at the end of the year. It's kind of cool because it's an investment fund, right? Well, it, well, it, 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 it makes the charities kind of work, work for the, the donation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can you can say yes. I've got I've got a donor advised fund that I'm considering who to give it to. You know, tell me a little bit about your organization. Mm-hmm. You know, cool. and you can really get involved and really help and and stuff like that. And it's a very easy way for people to give. Um, charities can even create their own donor advised funds. Huh. Interesting. Yep. yep. So, so I know of some that 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 has done that. So you can create your own donor advised fund. One, one in particular, I'm thinking of. So, anyway, if you want information on donor advised funds, feel free to to go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email. Be happy to send you out. Addition to your ties and gift offerings at your church, by the way, and and uh, or just give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. Be happy to to get you some information on on all of that as well. You know, during the week after we get off the air here in a few in a few moments, uh, people give us a ring from all over the country, want information on what we talked about in the show. 
more than happy again to send that out. We want to be an educational source for everybody in financial planning. We believe the, that, that everybody has the right to proper financial education. It's not taught that well in schools. Sometimes from academia, but not the real world a lot of times. So we want to be that that uh, uh, resource for you all there. So go visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Lots of articles out there. Like us and follow us on Facebook at RosenthalWealthManagement.com. And uh, we'll be sending you, we'll send you out an article once a week, once every 10 days or so, on the markets, the economy, and stuff like that, so that you can uh, un- come to understand what you're what what's going on there. So for Bob in the back. And Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.